0: Just so thrilled to be with you this morning. hope you had a good morning. I know these week's diving into the scripture are a little different, and some of you have very strong preferences to that, and some of you have strong preferences to um the the more guided questions but But my prayer has been that each of you would be blessed um, by both and um, yeah I know it's not always easy, but I know that um God speaks, and God can use this, so even if it's not your favorite, I encourage you just to continue pushing with it a little bit, because believe it or not, um, if you haven't yet experienced it, there, w- there will be a day, a morning, um, where those words just jump off the page, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing that I want you all to experience, and um, I'm sure most of you have, so I'm f- so thankful, so thankful for that, Um couple things before our guest speaker comes up. Um, This is a tongue twister, but Becky is here from the Women's Conference Committee to share a special announcement with us. So here you go.
1: Hi, my name is Becky. Um, I'm on the Women's Conference this year. Um, You may have gotten one of these in the mail or seen these at Next Steps. Um, The Women's Conference is... I can't remember. (laughs) May 5th and 6th, there's going to be an evening session and a couple of sessions on Saturday. It's all included in one price. Um, Jen Wilkin is coming to speak. Um, We on the committee have been reading one of her books, and it's been excellent. She's going to be talking about Bible study tools and Our theme this year is generation to generation, so looking out at all of you, we see a lot of generations, and um, we hope that we can get a lot of generational uh, conversations going on at it as well. So um, please register, um, because we might be doing the the plans of doing the um, construction on the worship center. Um, our space is potentially going to be limited, so please register. Please register early. Please register today. Um, if you uh, want to volunteer, um, my information is on the website. It's on parade.org slash women's conference. Reach out to me. If you volunteer, you get a discount, um, so um, be encouraged by that. And um, we are planning on giving out one of her books as part of your registration, so once you come, so um, you'll get to enjoy that as well. So if you have any questions, let me know.
0: Thank you, Becky, from the Women's Council Committee. No, no. Women's Conference Committee. Sorry. I knew I would give that up. I'm really, really excited about this conference. I've already signed up, and um, my daughter as well. And so I hope, if you haven't had a chance to look at it, I think it's going to be fantastic. And also, it feels like a really good time. Jen Wilkin is coming for this. If you've not heard of her, she's awesome. And... um has 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 written written some excellent excellent books and some excellent studies and i'm excited to tell you that lambs is going to be doing her first peter study next year so um and i've yay. i hope each of you will be here because it's it's awesome i've been working ahead on the dvds and she's really really powerful and will be well, different than this year where we've had the Armor of God theme, we'll be just straighten a book of the Bible next year, which um, I also think will, will be a, a deep blessing for you. So without further ado, our words of encouragement speaker today is Abby Fernandez. Come on up. I know Abby's probably not, a um, well, she's probably a very, very familiar face to most of you. She's um, very accomplished, the mother of four, one of which is teeny, Stillwell. how old?
2: He'll be one in two weeks. And he slept through the night last night. Yay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Abby's um, taught Bible studies here at Providence, and she's very, very wise beyond her years, and I'm really excited for you all to hear from her this morning. So thank you very much for being here. You don't want this, do you? I'm good. Do you want this?
2: No. (laughs) If that is yours, don't open it until you are at home. It it has been closed for a week. (laughs) 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 I was telling the ladies this morning that for our leadership social, I had brought cheese grits and I could not find the spoon anywhere and then right before I came two weeks ago back to lambs or three I found it in the bottom of my bible study bag so please don't be embarrassed if that's yours we all do it (laughs) so good morning I want to start off by telling you this morning that we are at a really fun stage in my house and that is that my third baby has just turned two And if I do not change her diaper within the time limit that she deems is acceptable, she has learned to take care of this problem all on her own. And what I mean by this is what you can imagine. I have a very accomplished, proud two-year-old running to find me, and she's like, ta-da! And she is completely undressed from the waist down. And uh, that feeling of panic, like y'all are all feeling for me right now, yes, (laughs) yes. I feel that every time. That's exactly how I feel. And I tell you this story because since September, we have been studying the armor of God and how important it is to keep it on. However, if you're anything like me, you start off great and you have lived rightly so far all day, but then the kids wake up and it's time to get out of bed or it's time to go step foot in your office and all of a sudden that armor that you buckled so tightly When your head was on the pillow, it just kind of like starts to slip off. And just like my little Rebecca, so many times in our life, the ability for us to keep our armor on or her clothes on in her case all depends upon the circumstances that surround us. And if we're experiencing little stress, if the kids are listening and obeying, if we're feeling respected, if everybody and everything around us is operating perfectly, then not only is our armor on, but it is shiny and it is accessorized. But what do we do with the other 95% of the time that life's not perfect? And so open your Bibles with me to Ephesians 4, 22. And this passage is one of the scriptures that we studied this week, and it's the perfect place to land this morning. In Priscilla's last video, she taught us that we don't have to invite Satan to attack us, but the environment that we choose to create automatically invites demonic oppression in our life. And that the breastplate of righteousness was simply right living. But what I asked myself at the end of that video is, okay, that's awesome, but how? How do we do this when life is throwing junk at us continuously without end? I've often joked with my husband that sometimes, I well, a lot, I feel like life is like you're standing in front of a firing squad, and it's just shot after shot after shot with no break. So how do we do this? How do we keep the armor on when that's what life feels like? And Paul tells us exactly how to do it just two chapters before he writes about the armor of God. So let's pray this morning, and then we're going to dig in. Lord, this morning I pray like Paul that this message would not be the wise and persuasive words of man, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power in this very weak vessel, so that man's faith may never rest on human wisdom, but on the power of God. So, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds to hear your voice. In Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Now, normally I like to read the whole passage so that we can get the whole context of what we're talking about, but because we studied it this week and because we're short on time, we're just going to dive straight in to verse 22. So look with me. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So the first thing we learn from this passage is we have to get rid of the old and embrace the new. Now, our old self is anything in our life that is not completely surrendered to Christ. And I firmly believe that we can be believers of Jesus Christ and still hold on to the deceitful desires of the flesh. And when we find ourselves struggling to live righteously or a life defined by right living, it is in that moment we need to ask ourselves, what am I refusing to give completely to Jesus? What part of my life am I not surrendering to my Savior? Now, for me, this concept of hanging on to the old self completely hit home. I was reading a book by Lisa Tarkhurst called, Am I Messing Up My Kids? And it's one of her old ones, y'all. It is so good. I encourage you to read it. But she wrote, It's so easy to let our emotions run wild and operate based on how we feel. If we feel happy, we can be patient. But if our stress level rises, it's easy to let our patience slip and snap at those we love most. If we feel organized, we can be stable. But if things start getting misplaced and disheveled, it's easy to feel angry and fly off the handle. I can't just will myself to be in a good mood or act godly. I have to rely on God's strength, control, and provision. And so often the area of my life that starts clinging to the deceitful desires of the flesh is when the daily stresses start to rise up and I go into fight or flight mode and I become completely reactionary. Instead of being controlled by the Spirit. And as soon as I make that switch, I choose to take the breastplate of righteousness off and set it aside. The Bible tells us in Galatians 5 16 through 17 that our old self desires what is contrary to the flesh, and the Spirit what is contrary. The old self desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. And they're in conflict with each other. So we have to daily choose to recognize the old self for what it is and then put it off. But like we have talked about this whole study, it's not good enough to just recognize the old and put it off. We have to embrace the new. So verse 24 says, put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Now that jumped off the page at me because our new self is already created to be like God. We do not have to strive to make it that way. We do not have to just plug ahead to make it that way. It is already done. But the key is we have to do this from the inside out. Now, remember Lisa said in that quote, you can't will yourselves to be in a good mood or act godly. Verse 23 tells us that we are made new from the attitude of our mind. So that sounds great. What does that look like? So this is how it practically looks. If you're tired of acting out in anger... Instead of counting to ten, or my personal favorite, grab chocolate and run and hide alone. Try aligning yourself with thoughts of who you are in Christ. Change the attitude of your mind and put on humility, gentleness, and patience. You have to put off the desire to become angry by being inconvenienced or not getting your preference. And put on the newness of Christ. The thoughts of humility and gentleness. My other one, you can tell what I struggle with, okay? If you're a planner and you like to know how everything's going to kind of line up, but things are starting to change and you find yourself getting anxious and stressed about the change, try changing the attitude of your minds. And you can trust that your Heavenly Father has promised He will never leave you nor forsake you, no matter what path you end up finding yourself on. And the Bible tells us that He is incapable of lying so that we can trust Jesus. In order to live a righteous life, in order order to stay dressed in our armor, we have to submit our minds to Jesus, think his thoughts, and put off the deceitful desires of our old self. So, second in this passage, we're gonna see that we need to get real. Look with me in verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. I've never thought about this before, because usually when he's saying put off falsehood, he's talking to unbelievers. But in this passage of Scripture, Paul's actually talking to believers. So if we want to stay armored up, it's time that we stop being fake with one another and start speaking what is true. We have to put off falsehood in the body of Christ, and I'll start. So I had the opportunity to be a part of this really neat ministry this summer, which forced me to just dive into the deep end of God's Word in the community of believers. But when it ended... I had to go back to normal living, and my fourth baby was six months old. My third baby decided not to sleep through the night until I was in the hospital having my fourth baby, so I hadn't slept in forever. There was a lot of change going on in my extended family, and my husband's business was growing and changing. Another positive change was just hard. A ministry role that had kind of been a constant for a while was changing, and then all of a sudden, I just felt lost. the only way I know how to describe it. I felt completely lost, and I was in a new and unknown season of life in almost every area of my life, and I didn't know how to think, I didn't know how to feel, and I had no idea what to do. And by the time late fall rolled around, I could feel myself slipping into a pretty deep depression. I was having thoughts that I It was very aware it was not from the Lord. It was definitely from the destroyer trying to destroy me. And I did everything that I know how to do to fight it. And I couldn't. I was completely unable. So it was time. I put off falsehood. And I quit pretending that everything was okay. And I reached out to a couple of my very closest friends. And I was extremely honest. And I asked for help. And they walked with me. They prayed over me. They spoke truth to me. They checked in with me until that dark cloud had lifted. They actually are keep checking in with me to make sure I'm not going back, and I'm very thankful. And they didn't judge me. They just carried me through, and this is what the body of Christ does. This is how we live a righteous life that passes the test despite the circumstances we find ourselves in. We stop pretending, and we put off falsehood. But we have to remember point one. We have to be made new in the attitude of our minds. My friends could only do so much. I had to choose to take personal responsibility to not dwell on thoughts that were not true. I had to put them out of my mind and replace them with things that were true. And this is so important. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5, 8, starting in verse 8, For you are once in darkness. But now you are light and the Lord. Live as children of the light and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but expose them. Because everything exposed by the light becomes visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and the light of Christ will shine on you. We have to expose the lies for what they are and diminish the power that they have over us. Because when we step out of the darkness into the light, all of a sudden that overwhelming grip they have on our lives gets exposed for what it really is and it seems insurmountable but it will become weak and spineless it's kind of like when you're a child and you're startled by something that you see in the dark and it seems so overwhelming but when you flip on the light switch you see that it's just an ordinary object that's been magnified by the dark that's what it is If Satan can keep us in the dark, he has us. But Christ has come to demolish the darkness. We have to step out of it, though, shine a big spotlight on the lies for what they truly are, and then just get real with each other, the body of Christ. So wake up, sleeper, like it says, and let the light of Christ shine on you. So third, in order to keep the breastplate of righteousness in place, we have to get away from Excuses. Look to me with verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, we're not going to dwell here too long because Priscilla gave us that perfect illustration of this with her story of the overturned boat. Sin creates an environment that draws Satan in and grants him a foothold in your life. And undealt with sin just increases that stronghold. But in order to keep our armor on tight and secure, we have to acknowledge our sin Call it what it is. Don't excuse it or blame it on anyone else and repent. Now, recently, I experienced this firsthand. One of my children was absolutely refusing to eat dinner. And this was literally the icing of the cake on that child. If you were in Leanne's group a couple weeks ago, I was fresh in my confessing. But this was literally the icing on the cake. Now, the rest of the family had finished, and I was standing at the sink washing the dishes, and this child had the nerve to ask me one more time if they really had to eat what was on their plate, and I mean, I lost it. I had a baby bottle in my hand, and I, like, just chunked it across the kitchen as hard as I could. Now, at this moment, my husband sweetly excused me upstairs. (laughs) When the bottles started flying, he's like, I think it's time for you to maybe go upstairs for a little bit now. Don't you know, though, I stomped up every single stair we have in our house, and then I slammed our bedroom door as hard as I could. And just because I'm confessing, I'm going to let you know, I actually opened up a door that was closed, and I slammed it, too, <laughs> for good measure. I mean, seriously, I'm 35, and the teenager just like, bam, came out. It had been a long time since I'd done that, although I had done that before. But, and I eventually knew after I calmed down what I needed to do, and I made it my way back to my family and I confess that I had gotten angry and I had sinned in my anger and I asked for their forgiveness now did I feel justified oh yeah yeah I did because all I did was make a delicious and healthy dinner and I didn't even ask them to clean their plate I said three bites three three bites that's it okay so yes I felt very justified but did I sin in my anger and the answer is also yes And if I want to live a righteous life that is characterized by right living, I have to stop making excuses for my sin and call it what it is because that sin put Jesus on the cross for me. So I start off my prayer times every day with Psalm 139, 23 through 24, and it says, Search me, O God, and know me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And then I wait. And the Holy Spirit, if you stop And you train your ear to listen to his voice. He will let you know what sin you are holding on to into your life. And you can confess it. So next, if we want to live a life characterized by righteousness and right living, we got to get to work. Look with me at verse 28. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his hands that he may have something to share with those in need. Now, I don't believe this passage is just talking only about a job outside the home we all have work to do. And according to the scriptures, we work so that we can be generous and share with those in need. So what work are you called to do? If you're fully in the home right now, like I am, we have to be very careful that we don't let anything steal our time. futile things that keeps us from working hard to give our talents and our time to our family. If you're working outside the home, the Lord has a purpose for you there. And we work so we can be generous to those in need. Sue Miley wrote an article titled, Why Distractions Steal Your Purpose. And in it, she said, Satan cannot kill us, for Jesus has already conquered Satan, but he can distract us. And this distraction, although not eternal death, can certainly kill our dreams, damage our relationships, and undermine our faith. There are so many ways we can choose to be distracted and let Satan steal our time. And we actually don't even need to let him steal it because we gladly hand it over. And we may label it downtime, or I just need to get away for a minute, or whatever. But that's what it is. is—is theft. Remember that we have to be made new in the attitude of our minds. So we have to engage our minds on the Lord, let Him be our renewing, our escape, and our filling up. Because He's the only thing that's not going to leave us wanting more. And Then we have to remain faithful to work hard so we can be generous with whatever the Lord wants from us. Proverbs 18.9 teaches us one who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. Laziness can destroy your home, your relationships, your job, and your peace. But let me encourage you that the Bible also teaches us in Isaiah 40.31, but those who trust in the Lord, we all know this, will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not faint. So finally, righteous living means that we got to get on board with Jesus and build. Look with me to verse 29 through 30. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Our words have the power to grieve the Holy Spirit and those around us. And righteousness, live, righteous living demands that we be builders. See, God is a builder. God is building a church. He's building up the body of Christ, and he's making all things new. And it hurts his heart when we counteract his mission. So that moment that we start letting careless and unwholesome talk pour out of our mouth is the moment we choose to take off the armor. And I know it's hard when you're facing the firing squad and when stress keeps pelting you. But we have to choose to keep a tight rein on our tongues. And when we do, we tighten up our armor and we tighten up the armor of those God has placed around us. We need to choose our words wisely and be on the mission of building. Building up our homes, building up our families, and building up our coworkers and the people we interact with on a daily basis. We have been sealed by God for all eternity. That's what this says. But we can practice now. Let's grant those around us a glimpse of eternity now through our encouraging words. As many of you know, I've shared this several times from this spot, that in November of 2013, I had the first of many heart episodes that would lead to a diagnosis of SVT. And a few weeks after I got this diagnosis, a friend from college contacted me and said, our alma mater is hosting a 10K, and I'd love for you to run it with me. You know, what do you think? Now, I wanted to run that race so bad. And I, I have not, like, loved running for a long time, but I needed to run that race because I needed to prove to myself and everyone around me that I don't care what heart diagnosis I got. It was not going to keep me from doing anything physically that I wanted to do. And I trained as hard as I could. But a week before the race, I was sitting in the, my bonus room recliner. And I was trying to have my quiet time. The kids were asleep. I had a latte. Like it should have been like this perfect oh, moment, right? But I was bawling. Because I was broken. And I was so frustrated. Because the problem was that morning, I was tired. <laughs> I was extremely tired. Like, I was so tired, I remember hardly being able to walk up the stairs. And I wasn't sure how I was going to keep pressing on. Like, I felt like such a failure before the race had even started. And in my brokenness and flooded tears, I started praying. And then I pressed in to study the word. And before long, the Holy Spirit began to whisper to my heart. And I realized that the struggle was as much spiritual as it was physical because the race had become all about me and my pride, and proving that I could do it no matter what. But the truth was that every single heartbeat I had, irregular or not, was a gift from the Lord. And every time I got out of bed and every step that I took was a blessing from the Lord. And my body is always going to be broken here on this earth, right? Because the Lord is broken by sin and disease. So I finally asked myself that morning, would I allow my brokenness... To make me long for heaven and trust in God's sustaining hand. So, after a lot of repentance and changing the attitude of my mind, that instead of the race being all about me and my accomplishments, it became all about a song of praise to the Lord, that every step I took was thanksgiving for all that the Lord had done in my life, not that I had done. So, that was true for my race, and that's true for our race today in this room as we run hard after the Lord. The Lord has given us an armor to fight a mighty foe. We are not defenseless or weak. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is pumping through our veins. But perfection will only be found in heaven. We are going to make mistakes. You may not throw a baby bottle and slam a door, but we're all gonna make mistakes. But the question we have to ask ourselves is are we going to allow our brokenness and our shortcomings make us long for heaven and trust and rely on God's sustaining hand in our life? Are we willing to change the attitude of our minds to reflect our Savior and put off the old and embrace the new that is already made to be like Christ? So I'm going to leave you with a scripture passage that the Lord gave me that morning, and we all know it. It's very familiar. It's Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you have given us this armor and you've taught us how to live rightly, but we don't have to do it that you've already done the work. Lord, we have to press into you. Father, I pray that you would be with us this week. I pray that you would uh, give us grace to forgive ourselves when we mess up, but that we would throw off everything that entangles us, that our minds would think your thoughts, and that we would run the race that you have marked out for us. Lord, we love you so much, and we give this week to you. In Jesus' name, amen.